It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, welcome to this Cricket Badger India vs. England daily podcast by the fans for the fans. Virat Kohli's India, with Rohit Sharma, Jaspreet Bumrah and Ravi Ashwan, and young starlets like Rishabh Pant and Shubman Gill. They play host to Joe Root's England, with Jimmy Anderson, Ben Stokes, Stuart Broad and young talents like Ollie Pope and Zach Crawley. It's always England's toughest tour, good luck to both sides, may the best team win. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the Test Match Daily. I'm the Cricket Badger, James Butler, and we've just seen day three of the Test in Chennai. England up against it, I think you'd have to say, but we've seen plenty of things to talk about. Ravi Ashwin's 100 probably being the highlight of today's play. And I'm joined on the podcast today by Raj, representing India. Ash is our England supporter. And we've got a special guest as well. We'll bring him in first. It's Randy Kadik. How are you, sir? Hi, mate. How are you doing? I'm very well, too. And uh, Rob Lewis is your real name, isn't it? Do you go by anything else? Uh, yeah, but probably not not to be spoken on air. <laughs> <laughs> not broadcastable. And you're, you're still in Sri Lanka, aren't you? We're obviously watching the two test matches in goal. I watched pretty much every single ball of those that test series. Usually on the, on the TV coverage, you get the crowd shots, don't you? You were the crowd for much much of that game. So basically, we saw you all the way through it. Yeah, yeah, I, do. I miss those times. That was that was fun. I, I have been trying to get over to India, but like the the visa situation is uh, is pretty bleak. So um, uh, it's not looking likely, unfortunately. Yeah, I saw you, I saw your comments at the end of the uh, Sri Lanka test saying you're going to try and get out there, didn't you? But uh, yeah, paperwork. Paperwork in COVID times, it can't be easy. No, no, not at all. Like, it's hard enough to get there like at the best of times. But um, yeah, I did, I visited the Indian High Commission and uh, I've tried various avenues and speaking to people that might be able to help me out. But it's just uh, every time it's just come to a dead end. So um, I mean, I still haven't given up hope. I'm still hoping I can get there. But like, it's, it's like the odds stacked against me. So uh, I'm 
unfortunately, I'm just watching. I'm just watching on the TV like everyone else. Well, I saw your um, you, you still did a lot of post-match videos um after the day's play, and uh, I saw your one where you took about one of the umpire decisions. You're looking after a puppy at the minute, and you said you nearly threw it away out the window or something. <laughs> I didn't, that made me laugh, but I was also agreeing with Envy because when I was watching those two Test matches in Gaul, I just thought that is a place I need to get to to watch cricket because that just looks a fantastic part of the world. The aerial shots we saw on the television camera with the drone footage was just absolutely marvellous. And you were doing that uh, little video from a beach, which looked rather better than my flat in Bradford. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't really, I can't really complain. I mean, I'm, I'm, moaning that I'm not at the game in India, but um, but yeah, get, um, still in Sri Lanka, there's there's plenty of nice spots to hang out. And you, you of course, you were going across for in England's um, tour in March, weren't you? And you got yourself. Yeah, on the correct. plane yeah, yeah. you got yourself on the plane you realised it was going to be cancelled but you still went anyway yeah I was, I was like it was ready for takeoff, so like there was no like I'm here to go stop the plane I'm not getting <laughs> off so yeah went over there there was still loads of other cricket fans there was a few already there and then still loads of came that week people still kind of had like a week on the beach uh, in Unawatuna which is just like around the corner from Gaul so yeah that, that was alright but obviously the situation worsened and uh, I made what turns out to be a very wise decision to, to stay I had my laptop with me so I could work remotely um, I kind of I kind of had it in my head like this COVID thing would be like maybe a month or two and it'll all blow over <laughs> it did really pan out like that <laughs> are you a designer or something so you've been able to work from Sri Lanka have you yeah I'm a web designer yeah yeah so it's it's, um, it's a useful occupation to, to be able to work remotely we'll come back to get your opinions on the uh, the current test match in a second uh, cool. Rob but um, Ash from an English perspective it's been hard watching much of this test match hasn't it in Chennai England obviously started off the day pretty nicely they got a few wickets early on but then that partnership between Coley and Ashwin and then seeing Ashwin get his 100 any sort of kind of sniff that England have in this test match is gone today hasn't it? Yeah there's n- there's no chance really left I think again it's just about restoring some pride making it a respectable result making sure that it's not it's not a complete hammering even though I guess it is um, and it's just really a complete reversal of the, of the first test we dominated the first test they've dominated this one both teams in one test have been below par and both teams have had one test now where they've played nigh on perfect and it's just happened that it's come in two different tests so I'd have been interested to see what these two teams both playing below par both playing at the very best at the same time would look like because I'm sure it'd be, in both cases it would be exceptionally entertaining well, when I thought about this tour ahead of it Ash it was this is more the test I was expecting to see four times because India got a ridiculous record at home they play really good cricket on their own grounds and they've got I think it was 12 test series on the bounce that they've won um, they haven't been beaten there since 2012-13 series and I saw a few pundits at the start ahead of this second test saying what we've seen India are actually a little bit normal they're a little bit more ordinary than we thought they were going to be. England are playing really nicely. This could be 2-0 in, in five days' time. I think we got the cart before the horse, a few people. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a reality check for some people. I think this sort of shows maybe why England and India are a little bit below New Zealand and Test rankings. Both teams are quite inconsistent and can have quite bad days at the office. India had some bad days that first test as we've spoken about England have had some bad days now as well in this test and they're a good team there's no there's no beating around the bush yes we can talk about the pitch and the umpires but India have played really really well they've dealt with conditions well they've given it away very very little to England whereas that's where England has struggled we've been iffy with both bat and ball we've given away chances and at the end of the day it's, it's always going to cost you when you're playing a team as good as India away from home Raj India got themselves up to 286 today um, that Ashwin century was pretty special wasn't it when you saw him get across the line there when it was it on 91 he hit a 6 over mid wicket then a 4 which was maybe slightly more fortuitous but 
scenes of celebration, crowds in the ground as well, more than just Rob in the crowds over there in India. There's a few more, um, 15,000 something, isn't there, in the ground there, making a bit of a noise. And that'll be a moment that uh, Ravi Ashwin remembers. Absolutely. And the way, you know, Mohammed Siraj celebrated after him getting the century was special, isn't it? That was you know, human emotions triumphing all over. After all the pitch talks, I think it took a Chennai boy to remove doubts about the Chennai pitch to prove this pitch isn't bad after all. Uh, you know, Ravi Ashwin is a feisty character. The last two, three years was not good as for him with the bat. When he started off, he used to score those 20 uh, little 30s odds at number seven for fun, those crucial little cameos which would shift the tide in the team's favour. He always had the skill as a batsman. Sometimes all it takes is the extra will, extra desire to prove. You know, he was very keen to get some runs on the board amidst his home crowd, came into the series with the confidence he got after the Sydney show with the bat, saving a test match for India in Sydney, capitalised on the momentum that he had and now he's back to being a reliable number seven. And, you know, if Ashwin gets uh, runs like these and, you know, especially uh, you expect a lot of 20, 30s cameos for him, but if he goes on to score, say, 70s, 80s and 100s, then these are danger signs for England going ahead to the third test. First man to take uh, Pfeiffer and score 100 in a test match against England since Gary Sobers. So they're going back a fair few years for that uh, record, the last man to do it. Mohamed Siraj as well, though. Bit of comment he deserves, doesn't he, to kind of defend out and see Ashwin to the uh, century. And then once he'd got Ashwin to the century, hit a straight six and looked like Gary Sobers himself, the right-handed version. Yeah, it was actually very, very heartening to see, you know, Mohamed Siraj's reaction when Ashwin got that century. You know, that's what all this team is about, you know, they enjoy each other's success, even though down after being 1-0 down at Chennai and after that demoralising defeat against England in the first test, you know, this is what this team is all about. They've turned the tide against Australia in Australia and they have dominated home conditions in the last six, seven years. So this is what you expect from this team, that they enjoy each other's success and they are a very close unit. BlackRatCricket.com Handmade English Willow Bats They do have a cashmere range for bats 0-4 Starter kit all the way to pro level kit They're based in Yorkshire There is team wear available And there is a new signature range coming soon in February Bats made by cricketers for cricketers Make 2021 count with Black Rat Cricket Rob, watching across there in Sri Lanka, have you seen every ball of this test or have you been, you had other things to do over there? I pretty much have actually, yeah. Just moved into a new house, it's got like a, a really nice couch and a telly, so I'm feeling pretty uh, pretty at home, so I'm taking advantage of that setup. Uh, yeah, I have watched most of the watched most of the first test, which is very enjoyable, and this one not so enjoyable for obvious reasons. But yeah, I mean, like your man said, I think it would be good, yeah, like one team's been below below par in each test let's hope like the next one we can have a bit more of a competitive competitive game it's good to see nice cricket but yeah it's just it's just, uh, just, it's just been one way traffic in both tests yeah, the next one's the pink ball test in uh, Ahmedabad isn't it which uh, gives us all in the UK a little bit more of a lie-in and rather than getting up at 3am we have to get it well it's the 9am start which is going to be far more civilised I think how, how do you see this game then I mean as you say this one's far more one-sided towards uh, India yeah people have talked about the pitch Rob people have talked about it being really tough to battle but it has to be said it looks tougher to battle when England are batting yeah, it does you have to credit um, Indian bowlers really I think I mean the pitch is the pitch it's the pitch for both teams and it's just all about application and, and India have just applied themselves better so Kohli and uh, Ashwin just, just showed if you just can grind it out there's, uh, there are runs to be made and um, when England bat it looks like a completely different pitch but they're just not applying themselves and um, also it's made harder by India's bowlers actually putting it in the right spot so um, yeah it's looking pretty bleak 
week, but um, I do hope that we can put up a fight tomorrow and like at least bow out a couple of sessions and um, yeah, restore some pride and get a bit of momentum to the next game. Otherwise, we don't want to be going there completely like downcast. There's a few Barmy Army guys over there, isn't there? And I saw on your little video that you said that you were hoping they were going to sing uh, Jerusalem a little bit louder. Did they? Did they come up trumps for you? Well, they were over there, but they were only there for the first two days, ah. I believe. I don't think I don't think they were they were they were there today. I did see a, a little video of their rendition of Jerusalem, and I couldn't help be a bit disappointed because I was on that I was on that four, and I was like screaming because I didn't even know that England could hear me or not. <laughs> so I'm like shouting Jerusalem, and it sounds terrible, right? Uh, I've I've like put every effort into it, but they've um, but yeah, they 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 didn't really make themselves heard, and I couldn't really hear them on the telly. I mean, I know there's a load of other Indian fans, but I was, I was really hoping I could uh, hear a couple of songs from them like over the first two days. But yeah, never you, never mind. But now there's no fans, no England fans at all. So it's it's very one sided. You say that you didn't know that the England uh, players could hear you. They could, couldn't they? Because they all told you afterwards that <laughs> they they could hear you loud and clear out there. But even, even watching yeah, on the could, television, yeah. even watching on the television, when you weren't even in shot, you could still hear a little voice, a little English voice from up on the fort singing over, <laughs> singing away. Yeah, that was. Uh, I got I kept getting messages saying that they could hear me on the telly, which is actually just. <laughs> It just spared me on. Um, I got a couple of messages from the from the England players. Like Don Best messaged me saying like, "Thanks for your support," and I said, "Oh." Dom, thanks for the message. Uh, uh, I sang your I sang your song as loud as I could. I hope you could hear. And he was like, "Yeah, we could uh, hear it very clearly, mate." <laughs> Obviously, yeah, people call themselves number one fans and all the rest of it. But you know, for that two weeks, you could actually say I am England's number one fan, and that two weeks is going to be in your memory forever, isn't it? Really, that's something quite special. Yeah, like um, I mean, I came up with the idea a long time ago, and I'd be a bit of a daft idea um, that I would be like the only England fan there. Like realistically, I thought COVID might be over. There'd be other fans there'd be maybe a few expats coming to the game. So it wouldn't just be me and realistic. But as it panned out with a, they weren't even allowing people on the four and I managed to get up there. Like the fact that it, it kind of, <laughs> like that kind of came true was just, was absolutely bananas. And uh, I didn't set out to, to be like England's number one fan. There are far more dedicated fans than I. <laughs> I just reveled in those two weeks. <laughs> Temporary well, number one fan, yeah. Danny Rubin, who, who I know is the media manager at uh, England. Uh, and good luck to him because he's uh, currently, uh, hopefully having the uh, his second child at the moment. So I hope that goes well for him. You were on your own on the four. He got you up there. And then there was a little lump lump a fellow from Sri Lanka suddenly appeared in the Sri Lankan colours um, alongside you. Was that kind of like PR so that it was even even out? Uh, I, I Honestly, I, I tried asking him <laughs> how he got up here and I never got a straight answer from the fellow. Like, it was, it was a nice enough lad and he supported Sri Lanka. But um, but yeah, it, it, was, it was a mystery. I think I think they just put him up there just to even it out, which uh, which I, like, I'm, all, I'm all for that. Yeah, I didn't get an answer. I, I couldn't make head nor tail of why he was up there though. Ash, back to you for this game. I mean, England have got a massive task on the hands it's two days of this test match left the winning line is miles away isn't it and their spinners are turning it square so uh, I don't hold out too much hope of a draw or an England victory despite the fact that Dan on our WhatsApp group is thinking this is going to be a record chase I think he might be living in cloud cuckoo land a little bit I mean this is this for England as Rob just said there this is all about now yeah, restoring a little bit of pride showing what they can do getting a bit of practice out there in the middle taking something into the third test match yeah we've got to go out there now and use it as a practice in reality I think Dan Lawrence, he's obviously fighting for his place. He's got to go out there and sh- show what he can do because we know he's a good player and we just need him to try and show that now and hopefully 
he might be able to keep his place for the third test. And as a whole, England just need to fight back to make to not only give themselves a bit of confidence, but also show Indy that they're not just going to collapse now throughout the rest of the series and it's going to be a walk in the park. They need to show that we're here to fight on. There's pink ball tests to come. There's no reason why if we perform like we did in the first test, we can't compete and take away something from that game or the fourth test if we do the same. I think we, we know this England team's got the ability on its day to, to compete with anyone anywhere. We just need to now go out and, and show that again and show it wasn't a flash in the pan. Cricket's a game played with balls. You've got to look after them in the field. Badges are furry creatures. My friends at manscaped.com help you make sure it's neat and tidy down there. Oh, get rid of all that excess fur. Make sure that you're neat and tidy. Make sure everything's in the right order. Oh, feeling all good now down in this set. Oh, manscaped.com. Maximum skin-safe performance. Compact design. Advanced engineering. Ceramic blade. Waterproof. And it doesn't end there. Show you care by caring for your pair. Cleansers. Revivers. Preservers. Simply go to manscaped.com. Quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com. Get on there now. Raj, towards the end there, Joe Root had an LBW um, shout. I think they went up initially for court behind, did they? And then it was uh, they looked at the LBW. And the DRS system said umpire's call on the impact on the pads there. But to the naked eye, the off stump was visible on the camera. There was something a little askew with that, wasn't there? We've had a whole series of umpire controversies. We talked about the umpiring every day on this podcast during this test match. But that wasn't the third umpire's fault. DRS was giving him bad information from what it looked like to me. You know, I've never been a fan of the DRS ever since its inception, even though, you know, I completely agree that or a foolproof system with uh, you know the DRS tries to best and uh, tries to do best and gives us a vision which is maybe not as accurate but as close to a human vision but that was a complete howler that was uh, even though Indian team you know appealed for a cut behind but you could clearly see with your naked eye that the off stump of Joe Root was clearly visible and that was a complete shocker from DRS I think that was plumb in front you've got to feel for the third umpire Arnold Chaudhry who's had a bit of a nightmare a few days isn't he out there and he He's going to be talked about on on social media and it's not his fault. It's kind of one of those things. It's just sod's law. Just when everything's going to go wrong for you, he's getting it in the neck, isn't he, at the moment? But one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, Raj, was um, Virat Kohli's response to that because we saw in India's innings when things went against Joe Root, he's got this kind of way of, of whinging about stuff with a massive smile on his face, Rooty, hasn't he? And uh, kind of comes across as an angel when he might be saying everything totally different, but we don't know. But Virat Kohli's got quite aggressive body language. I didn't like that at the end when he was almost kind of squaring up to the umpire and saying what's going on here but that's Kohli I guess isn't it yeah these are two different personalities you know you cannot compare Root with uh, Kohli because Root is a much calmer person he smiles all the time takes things in his stride and Kohli is totally opposite you know when things don't go his way he gets rattled a bit you know that's the kind of contest that he enjoys and that's the kind of contest that he relishes but sometimes you know with Kohli since he's a little short-tempered these things come in between and uh, also you know there might be some cases in the past that you might have noticed that Kohli, you know, is very, very much a team captain and he wants his team to do well at any cost. So even I also cringe a bit, you know, looking at Kohli's 
reaction that he shouldn't be going at the umpires like that. But you know, that is Virat Kohli. If you take away that personality from him, then perhaps, you know, that's the kind of contest that he likes in the field and that's what gets the best out of him. I get the impression, Raj, with Kohli. I mean, you look at Tendulkar, you look at MSD. They seem to be universally loved in India. Whereas Kohli, I think, divides opinion a little bit more. And it's because of that nature of his, isn't it? Some people don't like that in India either, do they? Absolutely. You know, there are divided opinions because uh, I, I remember that Tendulkar's father once uh, said to Tendulkar that, you know, you need to be a good human first and you need to conduct yourself uh, better on a cricket field because what people remember after your career is how well you conducted yourself in your career and how not how well you batted or how well you carried on with your records. Maybe, you know, Kohli needs to take that out of the MSD and Sachin Tendulkar book that, you know, he needs to be a little more calmer on the field because sometimes, you know, that is not going to come across very positively across audiences and there are a lot of fans and a lot of people who watch the game in India cringe about it that Kohli need not be that aggressive but at the same time you know there are a lot of people in India who appreciate that behavior because that is the kind of fire that was lacking or missing uh, in an Indian cricketer or an Indian team before because uh, before you had you know the Tendulkars the Gavaskars uh, the Dravids the Kumbles all these guys were you know very feisty cricketers but not very aggressive or not very fiery but uh, after Ganguly I think Kohli has taken one step further with this uh, fire and aggression in him sometimes you know we tend to agree that he crosses the line and he should not like you pointed out today that how he argued with the umpires in the end of the day's play like I said you know we all are humans and you cannot take away that personality from him because that's how he is Rob from from a a fan's perspective I I quite like the Kohli stuff actually I, I might whinge about it on Twitter but I quite like that everybody's different in cricket and that you get different personalities and it makes the whole game a little bit more varied and a little bit more interesting at times that people react in different ways to different things and test cricket is magnificent for its variety and ebbs and flows are you that opinion or are there some things that you just you don't like on a cricket field um, no I kind of like uh, I mean I mean, yeah that's just who Virat Kohli is and like there's no doubt he is box office isn't he he's, he, he writes he writes stories himself I mean it's, it's, he's his own person I've got I've got no issue with it. I don't think. Um, remember when um, Joe Root got 100 in an ODI once and he dropped the bat yeah. uh, in front of Coley? That was a, that was just a glorious moment. So I mean, he he gives it out as long as he takes it. Then then there is no problem. And the the other thing as well, there seems to be a really good. I mean, both in Sri Lanka and in India, the England team seems to be getting along with their opposition quite nicely, don't they? There's a lot of chats between Root and Coley on the pitch. They seem to respect each other, and that's quite nice to see too. Yeah, I think I think the Test matches are played in in perfect spirit. There's a lot of you can see um, Rishabh Pant behind the stumps is very vocal. Folks has been quite vocal for us. Um, it must be pretty intense batting, batting on that on that wicket with fielders around the bat. But like, there's been nothing nothing vicious or anything that I've seen. So uh, I think it's played in been played in perfect spirit, and it's it's creating it's creating a good game. You didn't see Ben Folks in Sri Lanka, did you? But he's had a terrific game, hasn't he? Some of his takes behind the sticks there on a turning wicket that's bouncing, some low and some high. He's been absolutely magnificent. Oh, I was uh, I was singing his praises on Twitter earlier. Like it was just it's just ridiculous. Like we haven't had a natural keeper like that since since Jack Russell. And we've had some very good keepers like Butler's a good keeper, Matt Pryor's a very good keeper, Besto's a good keeper. He's just on another level. You can just see it. The ball, the ball just kind of just sticks sticks to his hands, and and he, and he stood up to Stuart Broad on this pitch. And it was it just it just took took you straight back to Jack Russell days, and it was it was amazing. To be fair, um, I mean he, he ended up making a couple of errors, but uh, <laughs> I think 
I think it was just all forgiven because I mean he's you can see he's a specialist keeper and it's it's, it's, a, it's a forgotten trade really and I think uh, I think it needs bringing back. I, I I loved it. I was actually I found myself during the this day's play just watching Ben folks behind the sticks and forgetting the batsman was there. I was just watching what he was doing and everything like that. And I tweeted I think when he stood up to Stuart Broad. Oh look at him! He's just showing off now. You know he's he's, he's already been absolutely <laughs> magnificent and now look what he's doing. It's just he's just uh, it's absolutely fantastic, isn't it? It's a kind of as you say it's like a forgotten art because we got a lot of manufactured kind of wicket keepers that add it onto their batting whereas he's a proper keeper and it's, it's fantastic to see and how do you see that in terms of going forward with England do you think uh, they can make a place for Ben folks because did you pick your best keeper or do you pick uh, a Joss Butler who can give you maybe a, a slightly better package although folks is scoring runs anyway well I mean you can understand like why we have keeper batsmen um, but I don't know I, I, folks obviously when it came into the, you got 100 in Sri Lanka a couple of years ago and um, he's not really put a foot wrong and you can see he can actually bat himself and I think Butler's good enough to be a specialist batsman I, I'm, I'm, I'd be keen to to continue with him but obviously England's rotation policy is just creating havoc so uh, I, I, I don't know how long he's going to last in the team they, they nearly rotated that much in Sri Lanka you got a game I think but uh, I think you just managed to, to <laughs> manage to avoid the call up Ash, we talked about Ben Folks yesterday for his batting more than anything, but his keeping today has just been ludicrously good, hasn't it? That it was just—I uh, I couldn't take my eyes off him. Yeah, he's an—he's an exceptional keeper, and I think everyone knows that now. I think everyone knows he's possibly one—one one of, if not the best gloveman in the world. He, he, it's very, very rare that he misses a chance, and when he does, it's, it's an extremely, extremely hard one. He's been exceptional today. He's been exceptional with the gloves every time I've ever seen him play. So it comes as no shock. I think the main thing is. Him showing that he can do it with the bat, and I would love to see him in the second innings go out and again show that he is just as good with the bat and as worthy of ever that place at seven. I think the headache for England is obviously our openers, a new bats at number three. How they would fit Butler in as a specialist batsman because I think most people would put Butler in the top six or seven batsmen in the country, but they'd also put Pope in there and they'd probably also put Crawley in there alongside Root Stokes. It's how they fit it in, and that's the big question mark for England, and they're avoiding it at the moment because of the rotation policy but come the summer I'll be really interested to see where they go with it Do you know what we've had this before at times and sometimes it just works itself out a player either gets horrible form and just disappears off the radar or somebody gets injured sometimes it just works itself out Raj from an Indian perspective watching Ben Folks today I saw on on social media Kira Mora was uh, giving him big raps on there There there's a lot of people from the subcontinent watching Ben Folks probably for the first time just going blimey this fella's good To be honest James I've never seen a wicketkeeper with such artistic glovesmanship uh, in the Indian subcontinent in the last few years. And especially from a visiting wicketkeeper, you know, it was beautiful, beautiful to watch. Uh, right up there with uh, Rhythman Saha, I think, Ben Fox. I would rate Rhythman Saha and Ben Fox as the two of the best glovesmen that I've seen in Indian condition, especially in the subcontinent. The way they move against spin, the way they read the pace of the pitch, you know, it was just ludicrously good to watch. Uh, the only few mistakes maybe or the thing that I did not like about his wicket keeping today was that he was you know keeping up in front uh, to Stuart Broad because that is the time you know when Ben Stokes dropped a catch off uh, Stuart Broad's bowling maybe he was blinded by folks uh, standing up to the uh, to the bowler and also there was one maybe scoop which Ashwin tried and folks could not get hold of it otherwise these two small mistakes but uh, he was ludicrously good and I hope he has a very very good future for England 
Let's round off this podcast then. It's been a terrific test match, terrific test series. Looking forward to the next two tests as well because it looks like this one might make it one apiece with two to play. Plenty to play for down the uh, line here. Raj, final word from you. Um, India have bounced back nicely. They've obviously got to finish this game off, but that looks as if it's going to happen with the likes of Ravi Ashwin in the bowling attack. India, Varit Kohli and Co can take a lot of credit for uh, coming back in this second test match and they'll be very confident going to Ahmedabad, won't they? Yes, absolutely. But, uh, you know, Ahmedabad is going to be a different ball game because ever since, you know, before the series started, we thought that the ping ball test is something which is going to suit England and England bowlers. And, you know, if Jofra Archer is back and Anderson is also touted to be back, then perhaps the combination of Anderson, Archer and maybe Broad or maybe Ollie Stone, uh, the pick for third test is going to be a lethal combination in Ahmedabad. I won't be surprised if Ahmedabad also, you know, is a turning track because these are drop-in pitches and they're, since they are playing in this Motera Stadium for the first time, maybe they would want to continue these uh, spin-ranked turners for the third test as well. But the ping ball test is going to be an exciting one and I'm really, really confident that it will be the best test out of these uh, of these test series. Ash, we've talked about your hopes for the uh, coming days or day or part of a day of uh, the Chennai test. Looking ahead to Ahmedabad though and the pink ball test, I see a lot of people sort of suggesting, well, the pink ball test is the biggest chance for England. The pink ball test is the chance for England to go 2-1 up, etc. That's assuming that everything falls in place and Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson have the ball in hand when it's twilight and it's starting to kind of bend around corners. It could go horribly wrong as well because Jasper Bumrah is a decent bowler. You've got Ishant Sharma who can do a bit with the ball. Uh, Mohamed Siraj looks like the kind of guy that can maybe get a bit of uh, shape. He does do in the IPL. So it's no guarantee that England are going to have the better of it in the, in the third test. I think the pink ball test is more maybe not a thing of England fans feeling confident but maybe more hopeful. It's a little bit going into the unknown. We're still very small sample size when it comes to pink ball tests and of course comes to pink ball tests in India. So I think it's more the hope that from the little glimpses we've seen it seems to suit our bowling attack a little bit more because I think we'll all admit that our bowling attack isn't exactly suited to a turning pitch it's suited to when we can get a bit of seam and swing so I think we've got to go into it to be positive and hopeful I think we've just got to keep applying ourselves correctly and hope that it goes our way because if we are bowling in the twilight and it's Anderson with either Broad or Wokes we know they've got the ability to, to make it swing and to cause all batsmen lots of problems but as you say the, the issue is, is that it's, it's again coming down to luck the same as the toss it's down to that little bit of luck and that's what we'll need to be successful because if we're batting in the twilight the Indian bowlers may not be quite as good at swinging the ball as Jimmy and Broad but they're not bad at it at all and so it's going to be difficult and I think it just it's more about being a bit hopeful and it being a bit more of a lottery that test It's the hope that kills you Ash it's the hope that kills you Rob to finish off with you you talk about the chances of going to India um, Army of the Bards that's what in about sort of a week's time after this one finishes isn't it they've got a week off I think between test matches and the third test match starts what, what do you think realistically you chances are of us seeing you on the TV screens out there then? Well, <clears throat> I mean, that's plenty of time to get over there. I mean, if anyone on is on like Indian border control listening to this podcast I think it would be only fair if you like snuck a couple of England fans in because it's very one-sided <laughs> just under England the fence could do, <laughs> England could do with a couple of Jerusalems in the morning and afternoon you know and a few and a few Barmy Army songs so yeah it would be it would be good to see some fans but um, I really um, uh, yeah I need to, I need a I need a prayer and a miracle to have them. I mean where do you live in the UK when when, when you, do you see yourself going back there I think you said after lockdown is that, that the plan well yeah I was always going to come back 
back after the cricket, but um, but yeah, due to lockdown, it would it wouldn't really make sense to go back and then just just sit in my little house. Um, I mean, it's not really a time to make plans, so I'm just going to see how it all pans out. Um, until then, I'm just just uh, sitting tight here. And is your poppy a cricket fan there? <laughs> he is. Yeah, he loved it. He fell asleep for most of the cricket though. Um, I was only dog sitting, so he's gone back to the owner. So um, luckily that's okay because yeah, he might have got thrown around after watching today's play. <laughs> I'm completely. I'm completely joking. <laughs> Like, of course, I, 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 re- I, I realised that because you, you were doing some um, was it awareness or fundraising or whatever so for local rescue puppies or something during the test match yeah there's um, there's quite a few uh, yeah sort of like rescue centres and vets around here because there is generally like a street dog problem but there's one called We Care which uh, the Barmy Army have supported before so I sort of yeah got in touch and I set up the fundraising appeal like got some banners done um, and just yeah just pushed that so we managed to raise like about 2,000 nearly 2,500 pounds for We Care oh. so it was um yeah it was a, it was a, it was something that um yeah, I'm quite proud of actually to be fair yeah so it wasn't wasn't all about me so just um some some street dogs um can get a bit of love out of that that's a good thing that's a very good thing indeed all right we're going to say goodbye for today's podcast Raj and Ash thank you very much for joining me as always and uh, Rob Lewis Randy Caddick it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today hopefully we'll get you back on at some stage in the future as well but whatever your next stop is whether it's Ahmedabad whether it's back to the UK or whether it's your lucky blighter sitting on a beach in Sri Lanka wish you all the best for the next few weeks thanks very much mate it's been uh, been a pleasure cheers I've uh, been James the Cricket Badger back tomorrow after the day four of the test in Chennai looks like India are going to get across the line so uh, join me I'll see you then thanks for listening we will be back every day during England's tour of India get in touch on at cricket underscore badger on Twitter we hope you are enjoying the cricket see you again tomorrow Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.